Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I'm Layla London, aka The Curious Girl. Now, just to let you know, this podcast is not suitable for work. It's also not suitable for anybody under 18. But the rest of you consenting adults, let's get ready to talk about my sex life, sex in general, and everything in between in explicit, raunchy, fun detail. All right, here we go. Some of the patients are somewhat apprehensive or tentative about speaking about sexual health or approaching sexual issues or even mentioning it. This is me talking to my doctor. You should be able to talk to your doctor in this fashion. Some women even lose the ability to have orgasms. That can affect your perception of yourself, your self-esteem, and your libido, your desire for sex. This is really hard for men to all of a sudden not be able to connect sexually with their partner. We like to call it hormone optimization therapy where we optimize your hormones. Let's supercharge it. Why not? (laughs) (laughs) Why not? Listen, I mean, there's always room for improvement. Always. Always. Sex cannot be too good. (laughs) No, you got to be a high achiever when it comes to sex. Exactly. Hey everyone, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. I am Layla. Happy Saturday, guys. Okay, this interview is long overdue. A lot of you have been asking when I'm going to have this person on for a very long time. She's finally on today. I have my doctor on. This is Dr. Andrea Pennett. She's board certified in obstetrics and gynecology and has over 20 years of experience in the field. Dr. Pennett received her medical degree from Meharry Medical College in Nashville, Tennessee and completed a residency in obstetrics and gynecology at UMD New Jersey Medical School in Newark, New Jersey. Dr. Pennett, welcome to the Curious Girl Diaries podcast. Hi, Layla. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be online. Finally. I know. Now you're with the you're with the secret side of me. You just know you just know me as a patient. <laughs> okay. Yeah, now we get to get into all the very very fun stuff. I want to jump right in into on this show, I talk a lot about obviously sex, sexuality, my sex life, but also anything, everything around sex. And I know that there's just, as far as education and awareness in sex goes, I feel that there's a lot of misconceptions about sexual health. And I'm wondering kind of what things you commonly encounter most common for you and how you address those issues with your patients. I mean, what I encounter most commonly is that my patients, some of the patients are somewhat apprehensive or tentative about speaking about sexual health or approaching sexual issues or even mentioning it. So sometimes I would have to tease it out of them, if you will. I think because in our society, we've been socialized to think that sex is a bad thing and so on. When some patients, for example, would be having issues with sexual satisfaction, 
decreased libido or discomfort during sex or just something such as vaginal dryness. It may feel somewhat embarrassed to bring that topic up. And I will ask them, I like to reassure my patients that, first of all, everything is confidential. You're not being ridiculed here. This is a part of your medical health. If you were having a persistent headache, you would tell your doctor, you know, doc, I'm having this headache that just won't go away. It's the same way you should feel comfortable in speaking about your sexual health. So I like to try to, I want to try to change that, to improve that. Yes, me too. I know. And I think that's why I like you so much because <laughs> I'm the same way. I mean, obviously, no, I'm, I'm just out there. I'm, I'm not a medical doctor, but I feel like I'm a little bit of a pioneer in this space as far as just trying to, the goal of this podcast really is to normalize sex and sexuality and that it should be something that we're comfortable with. And then you can talk to it. Of course, you can discuss it with your partner. And then of course, you can also feel very comfortable then discussing this with your doctor. And I do hope that people kind of come around to that over time. I mean, our sexuality is a part of who we are. I mean, just like you have the ability to think, you have the ability to speak, you have the ability to perform athletics, you have the ability to have sex and to, we should enjoy sex. We shouldn't think that sex is bad. I mean, obviously inappropriate circumstances, but we are sexual beings. I know, I know. And I always wonder why that it's so hard to, see, I don't know if you've experienced this, maybe not, but for me in this space, there's a lot of censorship and just trying to have open conversations about it you will get censored. And so it's, it's really hard to, you know, I feel like I'm sort of pushing this ball up the hill that wasn't my original focus really for the podcast, but it's morphed into that because over time, and this is my eighth season doing this, I've just really become aware how it's, it's just like, this is such a taboo subject still in this day and age. And I just, I hope to be, play a small role in, in changing that. Everything helps. Yes, I know. Every little bit helps. Yes. And conversations like this. So I want people to take note, like, this is me talking to my doctor. You should be able to talk to your doctor in this fashion. Like we're in the office. Exactly. People should, if you don't have this kind of rapport, maybe you need to find someone that you do have that rapport with, but I don't know what all the solutions are, but I always try to tell people that really advocate for themselves. And just if somebody for whatever reason, you don't jive with them medically, like you don't feel comfortable, you know, you can, there's, you got to find someone you do feel that you can discuss these things with because they're super important. And especially when it comes to what I want to get to next is like just the aging of us as our sexual health goes. I've definitely noticed there's a difference between my sex like the way my body functions sexually in, in its 20s and the way my body functions sexually in its 30s. And, and now, you know, I'm like, well, here we go. That's a different, different era. And things have changed. And I know personally, like it is a little intimidating when you start noticing these changes in your, in your sexual health as, as you're aging. And I just want to, I'm wondering what you think are some good proactive steps that people can take as they start to age sexually, if that's even a proper term. <laughs> Proactive steps to take, I would say, to listen to your body. Pay attention to the changes that you're going through and to basically be honest with yourself as to what is happening. 
And do not compare yourself to others, not what you see online or what your friends are talking about. We are individuals. Take care of yourself. Take care of your health. Have regular visits with your doctor, screening visits, wellness visits, checkup. If you have any issues, mention it to your doctor. As you were saying, we should be able to have an open dialogue with our providers, whether it's a doctor or another type of provider. We should be able to speak openly whenever there's an issue to address it, or if it's not necessarily an issue, but it's just something that you need more information about, something you're interested in, something your friend told you about, something you read about, so online you would like to try, you should be able to be free and open to talk about that. And also be open if you have a partner, be open with your partner as well too. Too many times some women feel embarrassed. They're saying, you know, my husband is saying, you know, my body has changed, especially one of the common points is that when some women, for those women who've had children, obviously your body changes, pregnancy changes your body. And whether you deliver via C-section or vaginal delivery, you have certain changes. Your body changes, the shape of your body changes, the breast changes, especially if you're breastfed, right? Your vagina changes. Some women may notice that the vagina has a little bit of laxity, it feels kind of loose, so sexual satisfaction is somewhat diminished. You know, your orgasms may be not as frequent. Some women even lose the ability to have orgasms. That can affect your perception of yourself, your self-esteem and your libido, your desire for sex. Some women going through the menopausal transition can experience changes as well. Vaginal dryness, the vagina is not as lubricated as before. You may notice when you're going through the perimenopausal years, you're like, wait a minute, I used to get wet. It was like a river down there. It was just like silky and everything was good. But now like the Sahara Desert, what is going on here? And sex is not pleasurable again. And my husband is like, he wants it all the time. And I'm like, no, baby, I don't want it anymore. I hear that from a lot of patients. So we have to become more in tune and we have to be more supportive of our partners, women and men, because as we age, you change physically and you change sexually. Women change sexually. It's more noticeable, but men do change sexually also. So we need to be understanding and compassionate and be patient also and be open to seeking help, seeking treatment because there's no, there's menopause. I'll, I'll touch on it. Menopause is a natural condition, right? But it doesn't mean that you should live with the symptoms if they are causing you significant pain or displeasure or distress, if it's negatively impacting your quality of life. I believe you should seek help for it. And there are many ways that we can provide assistance to patients to help them to go through the menopausal transition and also even during menopause, just to help them to have a better quality of life. Yeah. And also just to stay connected to sexually with their partner, because I feel like a lot of times what I hear on this show, I mean, I've had so much feedback over the years. I feel like I, you know, you could do a whole, I've got oh, all God. these data it, points, it, massive it, amount of information. Yeah. <laughs> about just what people reverberate back to me. And it's a lot of, it's very, very common. I hear this so, so often where men will write to me or leave me voicemails and sit and talk about, they're talking about their partners who now their libido, their partner's libido is changing or she had a kid and she's not interested in sex anymore. And this is really hard for men to 
all of a sudden not be able to connect sexually with their partner, the person that they love and that they have committed to. And I, I always try to let women know this is really, I almost liken it to, because once you transition, you're like a mom, if your child needs a hug, you swoop in and you give them a hug. Yes. And I try to tell women when <laughs> your husband wanting sex, it's like your child needing a hug. He needs a hug. <laughs> yes, of course. He needs a hug, right? Some women, unfortunately. I want you to hug his penis, but he needs a hug. Hug his penis with your vagina. That's right. Yes. I know. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Honestly, I I know women, we're we're going through it differently. We experience these things differently, but I kind of feel bad for men because I I feel like it's even more secretive for them about that stuff when they're being denied by their partner and not getting the sexual attention that they crave. And also then if they're going through their own hormonal changes, that's got to be really hard for them because that could be taken like, oh my gosh, I'm not a man anymore. I don't think women feel like, oh, I'm not a feminine anymore. They're just kind of like- It's more so for men. It's more so for men because it, to them, I believe it. it's somewhat of an indictment on their masculinity. Yes. Mm, that's it right there. It's an indictment on their masculinity. Woo, that was good. Yeah. Yeah. So what are some of the symptoms that women are going to start to experience as they're, I guess, aging sexually? And then what about, what are some of the common symptoms that, that men will experience? Good news. Strictly Anonymous podcast is looking for people to call into the show. So if you lead an interesting, naughty secret life that you want to talk about while remaining anonymous or not anonymous, if you're out and proud, that's cool too. Send me an email, strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. That's strictlyanonymouspodcast at gmail.com. Or go to my website, strictlyanonymouspodcast.com and click on be on the show. There are over 90,000 people missing at any time, and over half a million are reported missing every year. And that's just in the United States. I'm Mike Morford. And I'm Jess Betancourt. And in our podcast, Missing Persons, we discuss cases of people who have gone missing under mysterious circumstances. And we're joined in each episode by guests who are either related to the missing person, investigating their disappearance, or advocating for answers in the case. Missing Persons is available everywhere you listen to podcasts, and there are dozens of episodes to binge on right now. Subscribe today so you don't miss an episode. So some of the symptoms that women will experience, especially in the perimenopausal years, are the libido. They have a a decreased libido, a decreased desire for sex physically, or they don't really think about sex. When they're younger, they're like, I used to think about sex all the time. I used to want sex. I have fantasies. I don't really have that anymore. I don't experience that anymore. I don't get lubricated whether or not my partner takes the time for foreplay. I don't get wet anymore and sex becomes painful. There is the issue also of body changes, weight gain, especially weight around the midsection as well. You have what we call brain fog. You just, your focus has changed, has diminished. You have lack of um, decreased mental clarity or even certain memory issues. You may not remember what you went to the refrigerator for. Like, okay, what do I try? Oh, I do that all the time. (laughs) What do I come to get out the fridge again? And you may have difficulty recalling even people's (laughs) names. Like, oh my God, what was that lady's name again that I met? I can't remember. Or you could be having a conversation, having a conversation with your friend and 
What was I just talking about again? <laughs> Remind me. I forgot what okay, I said. I'm guilty of all that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a part of it. You have decreased muscle mass, decreased stamina, muscle fatigue, decreased recovery after exercise, dry skin, hair loss, hair thinning, even dry mouth. Certain symptoms as that as well. This too. all sounds bad. Joint discomfort, aches and pains. A lot of patients come to me and they said, you know, when, as, ever since I went through the menopause, I've noticed I have aches and pains in my joints because when your estrogen levels start to drop significantly, it can cause an inflammatory state and it can manifest in several ways. Joint pain is one of them. It's a very common, a very common symptom, symptom of the perimenopausal transition. For men, they can start to have Erectile dysfunction, difficulty maintaining an erection or soft erection, decreased stamina as well too, ejaculatory dysfunction, premature ejaculation. They can have changes in their body as well too. They can start to experience hair loss, male pattern hair loss. Sometimes it's genetic and some men experience it as early as their 20s, but that can start during what we call andropause. Just as women go through menopause, Men go through andropause too, where their testosterone. Yeah, where where their their testosterone levels start to drop. I mean, testosterone levels start to drop, can start to drop from the late twenties, early thirties, but not in any significant way. But when the men, once they start to age, andropause can occur as early as the the, the early to mid forties. It's associated with decreasing in sexual satisfaction and just a declining feeling of general well-being when you have low levels of testosterone. Men will say, oh, you know, because some women, when they enter menopause, they become more sexually active, have an increased sexual desire. Number one, also, they, they don't have to worry about pregnancy again also. And some of the men will say, oh, my wife wants it all the time. But I just don't feel like it. I don't get horny as much. I don't. And, and it does happen for some men. Some men do experience that. So some men experience a lack of enthusiasm, lack of energy. They can also experience insomnia, you know, increased tiredness, poor concentration, and even memory issues as well, too. Men experience some of the similar things that women do during their, their andropause. Okay, I got it. Okay, so it's a lot of, there's a lot of similar things. I wanted to ask you, this is kind of a little bit of a sidebar before we jump into kind of like now we've talked about the symptoms and we can get into kind of like all the things now that are out there to help with this stuff. But there's this one burning topic on my mind. And I wonder if you have any thoughts on this. It's about birth control and how it affects women long term. And I'm kind of more of a do the fertility awareness method type of person only after being on birth control for a long time and then coming off of it and experiencing a hard time getting coming off of it and then doing fertility awareness method for about a decade and being very successful with that. I wonder, since really in the 1960s is when married females could get birth control. And then in 1972, then we had single females and you know anybody could get it. And now I think we have enough data, like we're seeing enough stuff. I'm just curious what your thoughts are for the long, like, do you think that some of this plays into what we're seeing now with females going into, you've been on birth control for a long, long time. Some of the things, I feel like the infertility is up. I feel like 
all my friends, you know, have had to do IVF and I feel like there's this rise in stuff. And maybe there's, maybe that's just because we have more access to data and maybe it was always there, but I'm really curious about your thoughts on, you know, what you think the long-term effects or side effects could be for, for women if they've been on birth control all through their twenties and then thirties. Well, birth control pills are for most healthy people, birth control pills are relatively safe for use in the long term. Of course, there are, there are exceptions. I mean, not every woman will have the same experience with taking birth control pills or other types of hormonal contraceptives. You know, we have the vaginal ring, which is a similar medication as the birth control pill, just a different delivery system. Instead of taking it orally, it's, it's placed inside the vagina. I think some of what we're seeing, the effects of women might be, it could be genetic, it could be environmental, it could be tied to medication as well, and certain lifestyle factors also. In women, we should exercise caution with the birth control pill, say in women who are smokers, particularly over the age of 35, and we know the, the dangers of smoking. There are not too many benefits of smoking except for, except for the retailers, correct? Right. Um, Thank you. There we go. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, except for the retailers. Right, correct. <laughs> Philip Morris is real happy with it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we know most uh, birth control pills are a combination. They have two hormones, estrogen and progesterone. And the estrogen components of the combination pill can carry an increased risk of blood clots. So we have to, that's why it's very important in taking a careful history. Sometimes I know some individual may think, oh, it's nothing. You just go and get a birth control pill. I like to tell my patients that it's not candy. It is a medication and it does have its risk. While most women in the general population, most healthy women will not necessarily have an issue. There are certain risk factors that can increase the chances of you having adverse effects. We have to take a history. Do you have certain connective tissue disease? You know, do you have a history of lupus, blood clotting disorder? You may not necessarily know it because some women find out that they have blood clotting disorders during pregnancy. Issue of having multiple miscarriages, issue of having stillbirth or fetal demises as well, or having even a blood clot during pregnancy as well too. So again, the pill carries an increased risk of blood clots, a combination pill. So we just, I like to counsel patients who smoke, try to find, if you're over 35, I try to find them another method of, of contraception to decrease their risk of complications. And so I'm not sure if the birth control pill necessarily is a cause for infertility because I like to tell my patients, because it's a, it's a valid concern. When I get off the pill, I've been on the pill for seven, eight, 10 years. When I get off the pill, doc, will I be able to get pregnant? I said, let me tell you something. If you miss enough doses of the pill, guess what will happen? You can get pregnant. It gets out of your system pretty quickly. So I don't believe there's not any evidence in the scientific literature to point to a connection between loss of fertility or decrease in fertility and hormonal contraception. Yeah. I didn't do the pill. I did Depo Provera. Provera. I was going to say with some methods, it may take a longer time for your fertility to return. Depo Provera, which is the injection injectable contraceptive with progesterone, some women can have a delayed return to fertility with that. That is true. Yeah. Well, and I also had, a, was a re, I had a really hard, but I did it for a decade and I really lit, literally didn't have a period for a whole decade. Right. Which actually, when I came out, I, I started to freak me out. I thought, 
God, I better see if everything's working okay. This, this is weird. And so when I finally did come off of it, I actually had a hard time. Like I went through this weird depressive state. How did you feel? Okay. No, I did. I felt weird. And I remember what bothered me was I went to my doctor at the time and told her, obviously not you, I went to my doctor at the time and, and she looked at me and she was like, well, there's just no proof. There's, I don't know if she said no proof of this, or we don't have any data to support that data to support that. And, and I was like, lady, Google it. There's women, tons and tons of women saying this. But everyone, everyone is different though. Everyone is different. So it affects individuals in, in various ways. And if you're experiencing that, then I would say, yes, it is connected to the fact that you were associated to the fact that you were taking the shot over that time period. I mean, one caveat with the shot I like to tell patients, I advise my patients not to be on the Depo-Provera shot for more than five years consecutively because it can begin to decrease your, your bone density. Once you discontinue it, your bone density usually returns normal. Well, so that's an interesting point because on my 30th birthday, I was snowboarding at Squaw Valley and I was off on the, in an area I wasn't supposed to be. You, know, pretty, <laughs> you went off the beaten path? <laughs> I was off the beaten path and I did. I got a proximal humerus fracture and right at the where the, the neck and the ball connect. And the, the doctor at the time was like, what were you doing? You know, I said, well, snowboarding. Did you have a fall or how, how did it happen? Yeah, I, no, I fell, but he, but the doctor was like, it takes a lot of force to break. To break, yes. To break this right here. So he started, he actually started digging into my bone. You know, he's like, you might want to pay attention to this. But again, I got off it and I felt like it, like I said, literally, I, there was this weird transition period where I just didn't feel, I felt weird and got past that. But I feel like women should just be aware, like, hey, when you, this is, these are hormones. I mean, they, you're going to, when you gain something, you might be, there might be other things that you're sort of losing, I guess, if you want to think of it that way. And you have to just be aware that that's a reason that they have a big long insert in your birth control stuff for you to read, like, because. Correct. And talk to your provider about, obviously, the, the main benefit is for contraception. We also use hormonal birth control to control certain symptoms, painful periods, heavy periods, endometriosis. But we need to know about the risk. That's why it's important to have a visit and to speak to your provider about, look at the risk-benefit ratio. See if a particular method is right for you. And if it's not, then you explore your options. Yeah. And I pro and back then, I just wasn't really doing all that. I wasn't thinking about that. I was just like, damn, this is convenient. I don't have to have a period. Right. Yeah, it's, it's great. I don't have to take a pill every day. It's just one nope. shot every and three I, months. Yeah. It's great. Yeah, yeah I, get, I get that injection. But um, <laughs> right. Okay, so let's talk about, now we've talked about a lot of symptoms, but I want to start talking about the fun stuff because, you know, I'm in there. I'm like, hey, I got this issue. Let's try to fix that. Let's like, I... I I love that. What I love about, I guess, this era or where we're at right now is that I feel like we have a lot, there's been a lot of advances and also just things that we get to use for our sexual health and wellness that a decade ago, I, I didn't know about. Maybe they were there, but I just didn't know about them. But let's talk about some of the fun stuff that when if people, when they're experiencing these issues, men and women, that what they can come in and get help for 
that's been really effective and positive, like in your practice? So in our practice, for patients who are experiencing sexual issues, we have a variety of treatments ranging from medical to surgical, non-invasive to minimal invasive to more invasive procedures. But in our practice, we are a full-service gynecology and aesthetics practice, and we perform non-invasive and minimal invasive procedures um, in the office. So one of those treatments are hormone therapy. We provide hormone replacement therapy to perimenopausal patients, postmenopausal patients, and even male. And whether it comes in the forms of pills, creams, patches, gels, we also provide bioidentical hormone pellet therapy, which has just been life-changing for many patients. Because a lot of individuals, when they hear about hormone replacement therapy or hormone therapy, they think about a postmenopausal female who's having hot flashes and night sweats. However, you don't necessarily have to wait until menopause because many women going through the menopausal transition, the average age of menopause in this country is 51. So some of us will go around the years around 51, but it can start anywhere from 45 years old to 65. I've, I've had patients... 65 years who was still having normal, regular periods. And so Wait, what, what? <laughs> I've, I've had patients in their 60s, not a lot, who are still having normal, normal, regular 28 day cycles. Oh, they must be bummed at it's, that it's, point. It's a rarity, but it, it's a rarity. But it does or are they thankful? Are they just like, yeah, I'm taking this? Or they're just like, I'm ready to be done with it. Yeah. But some women do experience changes before they enter menopause. Again, like I'm saying, the low libido, the decreased energy, the brain fog, the memory issues, just the fatigue, the depressive feelings, the irritability as well too, the crying spells, and you just don't really know what is going on. So hormone, we like to call it hormone optimization therapy, where we optimize your hormones. We perform a, you know, a blood draw, see where your levels are, your, not just your estrogen, progesterone, testosterone levels. We look at a complete blood count as well. We screen for other conditions. Are you having elevated cholesterol? Because high cholesterol can affect so many different things, including your sexual functioning, affecting the, the blood vessels, the microvasculature, because if there's not a lot of, if there's not adequate blood supply to the genital region, then that can affect your, your libido and affect your sexual satisfaction. So we do provide hormone optimization therapy. And that has helped so many patients, not just the women or the men, but their partners as well, because it improves their quality of life and makes them a better person to be around. You know what I mean? Makes them love themselves better and makes their, yeah. oh, seriously, the patients tell, they often tell me that I have a better relationship with my husband now, my family, you know, I'm not irritable. I'm not yelling at them. They're not wondering like, okay, is today a good day to, to speak to you today, to approach you on certain things? We also have a certain um, other procedures. We have the, we, we provide the O-Shot. I got, which I got from you. And the procedure, the O-Shot. So that's cool. <laughs> Let's, I know. Can we get into that? Because okay. holy smokes, that was First of all, it makes perfect sense because it's the PRP, correct? I mean, I'll let you talk about it. But when I heard it, I was like, oh, I know what that is. But I, I always knew it was applied to other things for a lot of times for athletes and when they, they inject it into certain places when they need to heal quickly. And 
I know that it's already, it's recognized in other, I guess, more, I want to say commercialized areas of medicine where you just kind of hear about this stuff off the cuff. Like you'll hear about that and it's like, oh yeah, but you don't, I never heard about it for enhancing. Well, what, what I, I came in there for, let's just be honest. I want to enhance my sexual pleasure. I'm like, and then, listen, and there's, and there's nothing wrong with that. Yes. There's nothing wrong with that. Let's supercharge it. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Listen, I mean, there's always room for improvement. Always. Always. Sex, sex cannot be too good. No, you you got to be a high achiever when it comes to sex. Exactly. Go for the gold, right? Right. Go for the platinum. Yeah. I mean, who wants to get the bronze? No, no, of course. That's no, 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 Nobody not at all. Get no. a bronze medal in sex. No, no, you don't want that. No, no. no. Yeah. So, but could we break that down and talk about what is it? What Because there's an O shot and a P shot. Correct. So let's kind of dive into that. Okay, so the the O shot is known as the, the orgasmic shot. Some people call it an orchid shot. So it's a non-surgical medical treatment. It's designed to enhance your sexual desire, your sexual arousal, and pleasure in women. It uses PRP. And what is PRP? PRP stands for platelet-rich plasma. And platelet-rich plasma is... How do we get platelet-rich plasma? Well, we draw your, the patient's own blood. And we put it in a device called a centrifuge. It's that machine that they're using labs. It spins the blood down several RPMs a minute. And during that process, the blood gets separated into different layers. And we collect that plasma. It's like liquid gold, that straw-colored liquid that's rich in platelets and growth factors. So we inject it back into the patient, into areas of the vagina, and also the clitoris. And what that does it stimulates now your body's the body to regenerate, lay down new collagen and elastin, neovascularization, which is the formation of new blood vessels to bring more blood flow to the area to enhance your sexual satisfaction and also your arousal and your pleasure. It improves your orgasms. And some women who've never, ever experienced an orgasm get to experience that once they have the O-shot procedure. So it's done. It's a simple in-office procedure. It's a relatively uh, pain-free procedure, and you can you can attest to that as well yes. too. Yes, I recorded you doing it. <laughs> Remember that? I yes. was like, I brought my little camera stand. I'm like, I recorded you doing it. I'm going to actually just for my listeners, guys. I'm going to I will post that on the private podcast. If you guys aren't subscribers to the private podcast, you can just go to my website and. You can subscribe to that. I'm going to post that recording because you can see like literally there was zero pain. You were talking to me and you didn't even know when it, you didn't even know when it was done. Correct. I didn't did not know even know. It. I didn't even know. I didn't know that you had, because of course, naturally, let's face it. When you say I'm going to inject a stick of needle in your G spot and in your <laughs> clit, I don't know what woman's going to be like, oh, great. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do, do it. it. Do it. Let's get, let's get after it. it. No, I was like, holy shit. Is she really going to stick a needle? And how is this going to feel? So I explained, I explained to the patients, right? The clitoris has like thousands of nerve endings. I said, this area can cause, can, can, can bring you enhanced, exquisite pleasure. It can also do the opposite, correct? 
So it involves a, the application, remember, of that numbing cream, a prescription strength numbing cream. So the procedure, it's the OSHA in and of itself can take about approximately five minutes to do. The time, the length of the procedure is most likely, is more likely consisting of um, the numbing medicine, right? Apply the numbing medicine to the vagina and also to the clitoris. And I also perform a, a lidocaine block on the clitoris as well for enhanced pain control too. So it's a, uh, I want the patients to have a positive experience. You don't want to have it and say, okay, my God, it was great, but it was painful to have it. Now you're really nervous about getting it or getting another one, but no. So it's a relatively painless procedure. So we inject the PRP into the G spot area, as you say, and some into the clitoral area as well too. And initially you might experience a sensation of fullness. It takes approximately three days for that liquid to get absorbed into the surrounding tissues. And most women will start to feel an effect approximately at three weeks. Remember, it's something that's going to stimulate your body's regenerative processes and abilities to. So about three weeks. And the O-shot lasts anywhere from 12 to 18 months. And can you get more than one O-shot? Definitely. Some pa some patients have gotten more than one. They've come back and said, Oh, I know. I'm like, can I come back? Can I double up? This can we double is, down this thing on is this? so good. I can get another one. Yeah. You can yeah. say, you know, after eight, wait at least until after eight weeks and you can get another O-shot procedure. What are the risks of the procedure? As any procedure, it carries risks, correct? But minimal bleeding, infection, possible nerve damage, tissue damage. But there's never been any documentation of any allergic reactions to the O-shot. Why? Because it's using your own blood. We're re-injecting your own blood. And you're saying, okay, why not just draw the regular blood and inject it? We have to separate it and get the plasma, platelet-rich plasma. And so that is, that is the key right there. Okay. And so, uh, which I already know, I've talked about it on my show. This is why people keep wanting me to get you to come on. It's because I've talked okay. about the O-shot oh. <laughs> and, and just like, I can vouch for the fabulous results. Right. Improved orgasms, correct? Yeah. Improved sexual satisfaction, enhanced vaginal lubrication as well, right? And it also can improve urinary incontinence, what we call stress incontinence and urge incontinence, especially for some women who experience leakage after, you know, they would say, Doc, you know, I notice when I go to the gym, when I Zumba, when I run, when I jump on the trampoline, or when I laugh or when I sneeze, I have a little bit of leakage. What is going on here? The OSHA can help that. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, okay, I don't know if it was a placebo or not. You can tell me if other women have stated this, but when I got that OSHA, all of a sudden, I felt like my vagina had a heartbeat. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, it's not a placebo effect. I was have away in the sense that I felt like a dude, like the wind would blow and I'm like, I'm horny. The wind would blow and I'm, you know, I just, I'd be thinking about it. Like I would feel, I just felt like it was always pulsing. I'm like, oh, you know, <laughs> like, is this, what like, is this what guys feel like? Is this what men have to deal with? Like, do they feel horny all the time? Like, I was just like, let's go. It's a stimulation of the production of new blood vessels in the area, of course. That's what it is. That's yeah. what I was. Yeah, I definitely felt that factor. And it's great. So, I mean, I just would say to women, like, do not. I'll, I'll say this to women. It hurts more to get Botox than it did to. Oh, definitely. Yes. And guess what? There's no downtime from that procedure. 
No, I know. Absolutely no downtime. You can resume your normal activities, including sex, that same day. And I'm not joking, but I would say as soon as the next day, I, that's when I started to feel the, the heartbeat. <laughs> yeah, some, some women have re- reported that. Yeah. I mean, it just the increase. Or I was like, whoa, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. very fun. I, <laughs> I do highly recommend. Now, I know you can do it for men, too. So the, the counterpart for men is called the pee shot, right? Pee for priapus uh, shot. So it's a, a again, it's a patent, patented procedure that involves injecting, again, PRP that's harvested from your own blood into specific areas of the, the penis. So again, it's an in-office procedure. It's performed in approximately... 30 minutes. And after the treatment, men usually can resume their normal activities, just like women and engage in sexual intercourse. So it's a similar procedure. We inject the PRP along specific points on the penis. And again, it stimulates neurovascularization, remodeling of the tissue, lays down collagen, elastin. So the penis has a spongy tissue, which, which is comprised of a rich network of blood vessels. And so uh, many times when men experience a sexual dysfunction and erectile uh, issues, it's because there's a compromise. Part of This is a part of it. There's a compromise in the blood flow to the penis. So the pee shot improves circulation to the penis, resulting in stronger, longer erections and more sustainable erections. And some men have also reported an increase in the length of their penis and in the girth of the penis as well, too. This is backed by studies. Also, the P-shot can treat certain conditions called Peyronie's disease. And Peyronie's disease is a condition where you can have fibrosis or scarring of the penis that can result in bending or bowing of the penis, if you will. It can bend the curve upwards or downwards or curve to the side. And that could have sometimes result from injury, say from rough sex or trauma accident to the penis as well. And some men, don't get me wrong, some men do have a natural curvature. We know penises come in various sizes they and do. shapes and they, sure you know, they, they, they can curve. They can curve naturally. <laughs> That's not necessarily an issue. But when this curvature is such that it impedes your sexual functioning, your ability to have intercourse, and when it produces pain, now that is not normal. And so the PRP, PRP injections can treat that Peyronie's disease as well too. Yes. Okay. So this is, this is obviously, you know, just putting it in a nutshell because we can go on for days about no, this. No, no, no. Yeah, no, I know. I know. I, we, I just want to, we want to make sure that I'm, we're kind of giving what's out there. What else is available? Kind of the latest and greatest newer techniques that, that are helping your patients and that you do perform? We also have laser vaginal rejuvenation, and that also helps women who have, again, vaginal laxity. It also helps with urinary incontinence. Paired with the O-shot, it's like a knockout combination. So laser laser vaginal rejuvenation uses laser technology to stimulate, again, your body's regenerative processes, recruits more collagen and elastin and increases blood flow to the area as well. So laser vaginal rejuvenation, again, is performed in the office. The procedure is about approximately a 15-minute procedure, minimally invasive. It involves 
inserting a vaginal probe into the vagina and performing that procedure. We also perform the rejuvenation on the external, on the labia as well. And many women report that the vagina feels tighter, they have more lubrication, enhanced libido, enhanced sensation, orgasms, and also an improvement in their urinary incontinence as well too. Yeah. And that's just, okay. So that's another thing for, for women. Now I wanted to, it's a good thing. We're kind of, we're venturing into more of, I would say, well, some of this we're, we're starting to border on the cosmetic aspects that for cosmetic gynecology, I guess, if you will. I'm wondering what are the most common concerns that you can address through cosmetic gynecology and also how those then procedures can impact and help sexual wellness for women? Some of the common conditions that I address is vaginal dryness that comes with the perimenopause, menopause, sexual discomfort, sexual pain, feelings of laxity. Also, you have women who are dissatisfied with the way their their vagina looks. They're lazy. Can, can we just talk about that? Because <laughs> they're like, listen, I don't really like it. You know, it has like little elephant ears. I don't like the way my lips look. One lip, one labia, it's it's longer than the other one. They're lopsided. And I like to, to look at it this way. Most of the times it's normal. It's a normal variation. But if it bothers the patient, then it needs to be addressed. It doesn't have to be causing pain or discomfort. If it's a bother to you, then it needs to be addressed. Simple as that. I tell the patient because they've told me that, well, I'm just wondering, it's not causing any pain. It's not doing anything. I just don't like the way it looks. Then if you don't like the way it looks, then we can do something about it. It's as simple as that. Yeah. I think that's actually, I think that's an important thing, an important statement to put out there because I know that obviously I'm, I'm, I'm a woman, but I also know from like, lots of getting feedback from a, a lot of men, they kind of really don't care. But as women, the, the women, the women do but when we care about it, it can be all consuming and it can also, and I, I don't know that guys actually get how that translates to impeding them sexually. It's like, listen, you don't have to agree with it, but if we can, if there's something that's bugging us, especially about the way our vaginas look, but look, yeah. And you may be like, oh, that's ridiculous. Don't mess with it. But hey. But it's what you feel. Someone it can might be right. You might be right. It, we might be. It's your self-image. That's it, but, but if it's going to help us want to have sex with you more, don't stand in your own way, buddy. If you, <laughs> no. if you look better, then you'll be more confident and then you will enjoy sex even more because a lot of women don't get sexual satisfaction because they feel self-conscious about the way their body looks, the way their vagina looks, the way their vaginas feel as well too. We also have the pelvic uh, strengthening chair by the Mcella chair, which helps to tighten the vagina as well. So this chair uses like MRI technology, electromagnetic technology. It's painless, pain-free. You sit on the chair, you're fully clothed. And the chair performs Kegel exercises. Now we know what Kegel exercises are, right? You use you strengthen your pelvic floor muscles, and this this chair performs eleven thousand two hundred Kegel exercises in a session, which is okay, approximately I do that chair. I got to twenty twenty eight to thirty minutes. And I don't know about you, but that that is about four hundred Kegel. Can I work in- on something while I'm in that chair? Of Can course. I multi- ah, okay, well, I gotta. I, okay, I gotta. So I don't know about you. 
I don't think I can do 400 Kegels in a minute. I can no. sit here and be doing them now, but I, I can't yeah. do 400 Kegels in a minute. So this okay, I, does it for you and improves yeah. the, the, your pelvic floor strength, strengthens your pelvic floor muscles. Obviously, we know when your pelvic floor is strengthened, then you have better sexual enhancements, right? Yes. And also introduces more blood flow to the area, and it helps with urinary incontinence as well, too. It can help with that. Obviously, if your urinary incontinence is has intensified beyond a certain point, then you may need other procedures. You may need to see a urogynecologist or even a uro urologist to have possibly a surgical procedure done to correct that. But in cases of mild to moderate urinary incontinence, this chair really does well. And again, paired with the O-shot and or the laser vaginal rejuvenation, we have seen just tremendous improvement in women's symptoms. Yes. I love it. You can take your vagina from a classic car to a brand new like Lamborghini. <laughs> and these procedures are are called and considered cosmetic, but they're not just cosmetic. They actually help because with the advancement in technology, we realize now that there are many conditions that can be treated without surgery. Surgery obviously has its place, but technology has improved in such a way that we realize now that we don't have to put everyone under the knife, so to speak. Yeah. Now I, I mean, and I love that. And I, I, I'm just such a huge, I, this is why I was just so excited to have you on and talk about <laughs> Again, I feel like, you know, it's like as women, it's just weird. We don't, I don't feel like we get this information. We get it no. about whether it's Botox or getting a facelift or getting, getting your injectables. Fillers, or your lips. Like, yes. There's all that stuff, right? Where it's like, okay, that's okay. But we don't want to talk about what we can do to improve. Again, because it's a sensitive topic and it's a source of embarrassment. A lot of people really feel self-conscious about it. But I approach it with the patients and they look at me like, what? You're asking me that question? Oh, my God. Thank you. I like to make the patients feel comfortable. You can approach me about any subject at all. I'm not going to judge you. I mean, that's, that's not my place. I'm here as a provider. Your health is my number one priority, not just your physical health, but your sexual health and even your you know, emotional health, your mental health as well, too. I think there's so much tied to that that we don't, Of course, you know, it's all interrelated. Yeah. And that's where I want to, that's, again, this is why I've continued to do this podcast. I just hope to bridge the gap in some small way, like where people can start to see, hey, our sexuality is important. And it's just one of those areas of our lives that of course. Well, it needs to be maintained. And through the various stages of our lives, there's things out there and there's a lot available. And there's no reason why as you move out of your 20s or your 30s, you got to hang up your hat and let's just like, well, that's of that. Of course not. Of course not. You just enter into, I like to tell patients that when you're going through the perimenopausal transition or even postmenopause, you're entering a different phase of life. It's just a different phase. It doesn't mean that you are less of a person, less of a woman, and you gotta get, You have to give up sex or you have to start dressing a certain kind of way. You are an individual. Who, who says that you have to accept the labels that society has, has placed out there? You don't have to accept it. You're an individual. Dress how you want to dress. Feel how you want to feel. If you want to have as much sex as you want to have. Have as much <laughs> sex as you want to have, of course. Yes, you just... You have to, but you know, it, it takes a, it takes a while because we've been conditioned throughout our lifetimes a certain way. You know what I mean? 
a particular way. So it, it, it's going to take, it takes some doing to debunk actually some of the myths and to change behavior, to change behaviors, to change the, the perception that we have, that we were taught from, you know, our parents or from society. We're supposed to behave in a certain kind of way. But listen, we need to live our life. You cannot live your life being subject to someone else's ideals. There we go. Okay. Then last question before we wrap it up. I just want to know, I want to talk about lifestyle choices. What are some of the factors that can um, like diet and exercise and things that can impact your sexual health. I feel like overall, I feel like I'm very sensitive to my just health and wellness and how I eat and exercise and and all that. And you've seen me. I think you're pretty much aware of that as well. Like I just try to, I don't eat Big Macs, you know, like, right. I, mean, I just, right. I mean, you know, I feel like, like yeah. that every bad thing I put in my body could be zapping an orgasm or stealing it in some way. You know, like I got to think about this right over the long haul. I want to, I just want to be able to enjoy my life and, and also, and again, and myself as a sexual being at every stage. So how do lifestyle choices and diet and exercise and, and other things, maybe I haven't noted here that contribute to your overall sexual health? Like what should people be aware of? I mean, people need to be aware of, you know, their diet. First of all, you need, we need to have a balanced diet. We're saying at least half of your plate should be vegetables, you know, <laughs> yeah. limit, no, seriously, yeah. limit, limit the intake of, of processed foods, refined carbs, also have adequate uh, fluid intake, water. I shouldn't say fluid. I should say water because gin and whiskey are fluids, right? So adequate hydration. Adequate water intake, smoking cessation, which includes vaping as well too, because I, as I stated before at the beginning of this podcast, there I don't I don't know too many benefits of smoking. It causes a host of issues. Okay, exercise is very important too. Even just three days a week for a half an hour of moderate exercise activity can do wonders for you. Okay, for your your mind your focus. We are beings designed, we're, we're designed to move. We're designed to be in motion. You know, it helps our joints. It helps our joints to move, to be lubricated, brings more blood flow to the area as well too. And it, But I think it helps it'll, women feel sexy too. I was going to say, it improves your sexual health. You uh, know, even if you're going to go to the gym and you work out, it'll help you to lose weight and you, it'll tone your muscles and you can see your body shape changing, your body shape improving in ways that you, you didn't even know that you have. And once you feel, once you look that way, it'll improve your confidence. You say, okay, look, I look better. My, my shape has changed. I feel better. And that will translate into your sexual performance as well too. Yeah, definitely. Limit alcohol intake, obviously, as well too. That's an important factor because that can lead excessive alcohol in intake obviously can lead to a host of health problems, right? It can cause, um, can contribute to hypertension, liver disease as well too. It can affect your skin, definitely your hair, your nails, your weight as well. You know, alcohol is a lot of, of no good calories. calories, no good <laughs> calories. You don't want those calories, correct? And also it's important to get adequate sleep. So many of us suffer from insomnia, again, especially going through that perimenopause and menopausal transition. Patients will say, you know what? I don't really sleep well. So I say, you know, what do you mean by that? 
how many hours of sleep do you get a night? You get seven, eight hours. Most people don't get eight hours of sleep a night, right? Depending on when you go to bed or what's going I, on. Sometimes I, I'm guilty of that. Sometimes you, you have a difficulty turning off from the day. Your mind is like in overdrive, you know, just revving and spinning around thinking of the day or thinking of what else it is. What do I have to do tomorrow? What other project? We need to get adequate, not just sleep, restful sleep. Try to go to bed at a certain time. Avoid drinking water at least two hours before you go to bed. You know, don't eat right before you go to bed as well too. Do you know what I mean? Have the environment, the temperature, the ambient temperature in your home or in your bedroom, whatever that is for you, whether it's you want a cooler temperature or warmer, have a a, um, comfortable temperature for you to be sleeping. The environment, it's suggested that we shouldn't have TVs in our room. Some of us do, some of us don't and the phones as well too. And we should have some time where we're saying, okay, we're going to sign off from our devices. I know we're connected to the devices now because it has our email, it has our banking information, it has text, it has all sorts of things. But sometimes we need to set a certain amount of time to just tune out from it. Not saying eight hours a day, but have some time for yourself or whether you want to have a bedtime ritual, whatever it is, give yourself a nice warm bath or a nice shower, some aromatherapy, or you sit and you, you know, moisturize your skin and moisturize your face, something, whether you want to read something before you go to bed, just whatever it is that your little bedtime routine is, you know, just try to do that so you can get some good restful sleep. If your sleep is disturbed, it can cause a host of other issues too. Yeah. Oh, I know. It's all kind of interconnected. It is. Yeah. Okay. Well, thank you so much for doing this. I have been wanting to do this for so long. I'm so glad we finally did. Thank you for having me. Oh, of course. Now tell everyone where they can find you. Where can they find you? Like online, your socials, like I'll I'll put these links in, in the show notes, but just Tell everyone where they can find you. If you okay, have a quick- so our my practice is called Femwell, F-E-M-M-E-W-E-L-L. And we're located at 340 Town Plaza Avenue in Suite 240 in Ponte Vedra in the Nocatee section, Florida 32081. Our telephone number is 904-395-5850. And our uh, website is www getfemwell.com. That's www.getfemmewell.com. Yes. Thank you so much. Guys, listen, if you are in Florida, you need to reach out to Dr. Pennett. Go see her. She is amazing. I absolutely love her. I feel like I find reasons to come into your office. (laughs) (laughs) I love your office. I love your staff. I love talking with you. It really feels like a family. And yeah. also you're just a great wealth of information Thank you. and you have so many wonderful services for men and women. And I want to emphasize that. So guys, you know, like I said, if you're in Florida, you really got to go see Dr. Pennant. She's amazing. Thank you guys so much for listening. You guys know, I love your love, love, love your feedback. And my favorite thing for you to do is to go to my website, curiouscrolldiaries.com and leave me a voicemail. If you have questions, comments about any episodes I've done, and even if you have questions or comments about this episode for Dr. Pennant, you can send me a voicemail. I'll make sure she gets it and I'll get an answer for you. But it's super easy to do. If you go to thecuriousgirldiaries.com, click on the pink tab on the right-hand side. You got five minutes. Let it rip. We can talk about anything and everything that you want. I get back to everybody personally. 
And it's so much fun to chat with you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Everybody stay happy, stay healthy, stay safe. Love you guys. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. And if you like what you hear, refer me to a friend and make sure you're following me on social media. Also, go to the website, thecuriousgirldiaries.com and join my subscribers only list for access to exclusive content. And as usual, questions or comments, you can always email me at curiousgirl at thecuriousgirldiaries.com. Investors like you have a problem. Today, most portfolios only include stocks and bonds. While it's currently performing, it's a strategy that Goldman Sachs predicted in 2023 to underperform for the next decade. Luckily, our sponsor, Masterworks Advisors, focuses on a non-traditional alternative asset, helping over 15,000 investors diversify a portion of their overall portfolios with blue-chip post-war contemporary art. Over 60% of wealth managers surveyed by Deloitte have already integrated art into their wealth management offering. And by signing up at masterworks.com slash advisors with code free, you can talk to a registered investment advisor representative who deals exclusively with this alternative asset class. So schedule a free same-day advisory call with Masterworks Advisors just by going to masterworks.com slash advisors and using promo code free. That's masterworks.com slash advisors promo code free. This advertisement relates to the provision of advisory services by Masterworks Advisors, LLC, and is not intended to offer or solicit investment in any securities and is not investment advice. Masterworks Advisors is affiliated with Masterworks.